Welcome to the Long John Podcast, episode 11, The Great Sports Meltdown. This show is a joint podcast with your host, Benjamin Camperman from the Camper Report. So you can find this episode on his YouTube channel and NFL schedule or NFL schedule breakdown. Again, this is a joint stream, and I am incredibly excited to welcome Benjamin Camperman from the Camper Report onto the show. How are you doing? And tell us all about yourself and where we can find your videos. Um, I'm excited to come on. Um, it's it's an honor, obviously. And then obviously this is wait a second. Shouldn't we be hold on, hold on. I feel like we change our boxes around because no, if, oh yeah. <laughs> change our boxes around because no, you it's fine. It's fine. I was just okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me. Uh, I know how to do this. There we go. You did it. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, this is a uh, this show is going off the rails already, everyone. Um, <laughs> I'm already coughing on my chips that I was eating before this to quickly get some uh, carbs to fill me up. Uh, but guys, welcome to the um, show, and I'm excited to come on. Uh, you can find me at the Camper Report on YouTube. Uh, camper part is with a K. And uh, for every one of my guests on on uh, watching from the Camper Report, go check out the Long John Podcast, guys. Uh, new starting channel, and he needs all your guys to support. And um, yeah, go check it out. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's a it's an honor having you on the show again as we dive into a <laughs> evening of a lot of fun and a lot of discussion over, you know, we sort of had this little bit of a lull period in the sports while teams were battling away in the playoffs in the NBA. And then of course in the NFL, there wasn't a lot to talk about. And now all of a sudden there's a lot to talk about as we dive into um, topic number one, which is NBA playoff reaction. So, you know, we here, let's see if it pops up on screen. Oh, come on. There we go. Yeah, there you go. So topic number one, the NBA playoff reaction. Uh, you know, I, I figured we would both first get kicked off, start start talking about the um, impending Western and Eastern Conference Finals matchups. Um, if you had told me at the beginning of the playoffs that the Nuggets and the Lakers would be playing each other, I sort of would laugh in a rematch for the 2020, yeah. 2020 Conference Finals rematch in the bubble. We now get to see them in front of fans. Um, really, really odd. I, I knew that the Nuggets had a chance to represent the Western Conference Finals, but until seeing some of the depth the Lakers had, I'm shocked. I, um, I'll let you kick this one off and give your initial reactions and then I'll chime in on here. But what are your thoughts on this? And did you expect it in the really, first of all, beginning in the playoffs, I mean, this regular season, but also into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I follow the NBA, um, but for everyone who's watching, this is definitely different because I haven't posted any NBA content lately, but we're doing it uh, kind of like the NBA is going to be, it's popping right now. So it's what's, we're supposed to be talking about it because that's the the main thing on the national news right now. Um, but the Lakers, it's interesting because it's the third time they've met each other. Uh, sorry, sorry, for the Celtics and Heat, it's the third time they met yeah, each other in four fun. years in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, which is crazy to me because it's like Jimmy Butler, it's like this guy turns on a whole nother gear in the playoffs. And yeah. I mean, really, it, it's just two planned teams, the Lakers and the Heat both made the Conference Finals. And it really just shows to me you can't count either of these teams out because yeah, as long as you have two great players and Jimmy Butler and LeBron James, um, it is never over. Um, I just think that the the big thing with the nuggets and the Lakers, the matchup, the, 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 the key is Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis. The, the thing that when the Lakers beat the nuggets back in the bubble year, um, they had Dwight Howard versus Nikola Jokic and Dwight Howard. He has length. He's very athletic and he gave Nikola Jokic fits it kind of allowed Anthony Davis to it opened up Anthony Davis to do what he wanted at power forward. And it allowed the Lakers and it kind of 
let Anthony Davis save his energy for later on in the series. My concern with the Lakers is they don't really have another big man except yep. that is really good, except from um, Anthony Davis. And so now he's going to have to be guarding Nikola Jokic on offense and still put up 20 to 25 points per night. Um, yep. Hats off to him because he's been doing that. And so now he's going to, he's going to have more of a defensive role than he did in 2020. Um, which I mean, that's a key, but I could see later on in the series, him, him starting to wear down a little bit. I mean, you're playing 40 plus minutes every night and now you're going to have to guard one of the best offensive players in the league. And I think that's a good observation. I will say the one thing that I think that is really going to play into the Lakers cards right now is Jokic has scored 53 points and they've still lost. And this has happened. Um, yeah, this is, he has scored an absurd amount of points for a center in more than one game during these playoffs, and they've still lost, I would say the interesting part about both of these teams is they've both defeated finalist favorites in the Phoenix yeah. Suns and the Golden State Warriors. I would say the Golden State Warriors were less favorites, but after you know, after the San Francisco, Sacramento Kings playoff series, you know, which was excellent, probably one of the most exciting ones of the tournament so far. Um, I uh, I really thought you know they had a chance. I, I really think experience is going to kick in here. I alluded yeah. to that in my weekly news sports report. The Lakers destroyed them 4-1 to one in the 2020 conference finals, which was a total different scenario. I'd sort of like to erase that in a way. The bubble year definitely counted, but it was different for every team um, and how they handled it. The biggest thing is, is I looked this up just out of curiosity because I know the Lakers – um, I didn't actually know this, but I did know the Lakers were, you know, well represented in the Western Conference final, Finals. They've actually been to the most amount of West, of Conference Finals in the league. Um, they have twenty three total appearances, and the oh. nug, the Nuggets just have three in twenty years. They have five total, but three in twenty years. Um, the, obviously, the Lakers, well, the Lakers are tied for the most championships. So. Yeah, and they yeah, have a rich history. That makes sense. Um, but so yeah, you're right, and it have a rich history. But I really think what it comes down to is experience and depth. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, when you have Shrouder, Hachimura, and Lonnie Walker who have been playing a significant role in their team when they're not starters, so you're looking eight deep. That's pretty impressive for a eight deep contributors for a Lakers team. I yeah. The biggest question is, can they allow? What's their what is their game plan going to be? Is it going to be let Nikola Jokic control the game but shut everything down, which has worked for other teams? I don't think that's a good strategy, but you know, I I know we don't want to harbor on this topic too much, but I really could see Lakers in six here. I don't know if Lakers does do it in five. That would be a little shocking, but I sort well, of think four to two. That's my yeah. reaction, and of course, I am like. 80%. I think the only right, the only wrong um, playoff matchup that I've guessed this year so far has been the 76ers, which we're going to get to here later. But yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you get, it's interesting because the Nuggets, they, with Murray, they have another, they have Jamal Murray. I mean, you're right. overlooking him here. He's no, averaged 20 points per game and he had like, I think it was 26 last game. Yeah, and he's played really well. The thing I, is, is the the thing that I think, I mean, we did a really good job at shutting down Clay and Steph. And I mean, yeah. well, I mean our, our perimeter defense. defenses, I mean, we're one yeah. of the best defenses in the league, perimeter defense-wise. Actually, yeah. we're number one um, defensively. The, the, the thing where the Nuggets are going to get us is the Nuggets are going to get us in transition. Yeah. The thing is, is the Warriors are a better transition team than the Nuggets are because the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic are not a that good transition. Yeah, team everything's funneled on the floor. And yeah, not really. He's not a very team. fast player, so <laughs> that's the one weakness. I mean, the Lake. Other than that, the Lakers' defense is incredible. So, and if I had said, "Oh my gosh, the Kings are playing in the final," uh, I would say it's a it's a surefire they're going to beat them. And the reason why is because they beat a perimeter team in the Warriors. Now, of course, that would never have happened for the Nuggets. I mean, the Lakers to play the Warriors and the Kings, but. What I'm saying is, I don't think, I don't know if we've really seen the Lakers play a team like the Nuggets oh, in a while. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see, do because if they guard from the perimeter and they play good perimeter defense, do you just funnel it through no, Nikola Jokic and you just basically control the paint? So that's going back to what your initial statement was. Can Anthony Davis man up on Jokic or 
Or is there going to be another big person that the Lakers can throw in there? Maybe Hachimura. Um, I don't think so, but that's a possibility. Well, and and you look, it's just the late, like LeBron James. I saw somebody the other day say LeBron James has never, really rarely in his career goes 100%. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he went close to that with the Warriors, 30 points. But I mean, and he's not the scoring prowess, but I think on any given night, if he really turned it up, yep. he could still get 40. Um, oh, yeah. I just All think he's that, that good. And yep. so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be close. I think the Lakers, this is a lot different of a Nuggets team. They, I, I'm not too tuned into them a lot, but they're deep. They're, they, they made Kevin Durant look like a jump shooter yeah. who really wasn't i mean that was a good Suns team which not a yep. lot of depth but they they really controlled kevin durant mm-hmm. the colt controlled devin booker so it should be an exciting it matchup and it's a good segue into the heats versus celtics yeah this is also another shocker i mean i know you know a lot of a lot of bucks fans are going to say this i'm not going to stick with the bucks fans on saying this i first of all want to say that the fact that spolster was not included in the coach of the year conversation i think is ludicrous because if i look at this heat team and i'm not trying to devalue the heat because the heat are obviously in the western eastern conference finals but outside of jimmy butler there's not a whole lot of like oh my gosh that's a star-studded team and yet they find themselves in the eastern conference finals and you could say if you were to play devil's advocate you could say that they got some of the easiest Excuse me. They got some of the easiest, um, maybe matchup per se. Um, yeah. I I think I mean I think that basically what where they're running into is is you know they they play the the Heat first play the uh, the Bucks and it's like well not well yeah yeah they first play the Bucks and it's like do you was Giannis's injury truly that much of a reason why they won? And then they go on right. and they get semi-lucky, I guess, and play the Knicks, and that game goes to six games. Um, I don't know if I can fully say that the Heat deserve to be there. I mean, of course, if you win these series, you do. Um, But the interesting part that I sort of forgot about is three times in four years, the Celtics and the Heat have faced each other. And that alone should show how decorated both of these franchises are. The real question is, is, if you look at who's won the last couple of years, neither the Heat or the Celtics have, have yeah. done anything. So, like, it's like, okay, you go to the playoffs, but you and you go to the finals, but you don't win anything. So, this is, I really think, a very, very big turning point, especially for the Celtics, because this could be the last year we see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. Um, yeah. I, the way I look at this right now is, Boston's trying to right their wrongs from last year's meltdown in the finals. Miami is literally not supposed to be there. If you ask any analyst as an eighth seed team. Yeah. And now they, they, these two teams, which are really for, um familiar with each other, get to face each other. And the heat should have in a way somewhat of not, maybe not an advantage, but a leg up in the fact that Boston only won two of four games in yeah. at home. And that's a weakness right there because if this game, if this series goes to game seven, there is no reason why the Heat should ever be afraid about beating the Celtics because a 76ers team, which we're going to get to here shortly, literally embarrassed them at home. So without Joel Embiid, one of the times. And so that's sort of my take on this series. Um, Like I said, I have the Lakers beating the Nuggets in six games. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, I really think Jimmy Butler is going to go out on a tear. I think this defense is going to be able to give the, and I know it's a shocker because they're underdogs, but I I think I'm saying Heat Celtics in seven. I don't think this game goes to six. It's going to be a very, very tight game. If I'm wrong, it's one of those things that this sounds really oxymoron, but I could see this either being a Boston Celtics sweep of the Heat or a seven game series. And the only reason why I say that is because if we see the Celtics team that puts up, that literally shoots 50% from the three, I don't know if the, the Heat can stop that. But then I've also seen a Celtics team in both series, both the Hawks and the 76ers series, where to be completely honest with you, they sucked. They weren't even up. They were a borderline playoff team. Yeah. So, so, well, I mean, you on this, Gabe Vincent really has the, I mean, 
you say that he's the only star, but I mean, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, uh, what they do in the pick and roll off of yeah. Bam Adebayo is really sure. impressive. I mean, going yeah. back, I watched the the Heat versus um, Knicks, some of the, their highlights there, and what they're doing with Gabe Vincent kind of opens up some things yeah. for Jimmy Butler. And if and- Gabe Vincent kind of keeps can uh, running the floor, then whenever Jimmy Butler comes out, you can kind of rely on him to – uh, run things from that end. And then you have Bam Adebayo averaging about 20 points in this playoffs. Yeah, And I'm just not, like, it's a mystery to me how they were an eight seed, which they don't yeah. have a lot of depth and they're going to have to make some type of move, but you, moves. But you're also forgetting about Kyle Lowry, who true. is and- older, but yeah. I don't know. He, he's still not a bad, um, a solid player there. But it's just like the Celtics, if they're gonna if they're gonna rely on Jason Tatum to bail them out with fifty point games all the time, there's yep. no way that's gonna happen. Um, and my concern is is like Bam Adebayo, Robert Williams, the big matchup, key matchup. I think it's Robert Williams is that their center's name versus Bam Adebayo. Yep. That's gonna be a very that, good, yeah. That's well, and be here's big. my thing, and it's the same thing with Anthony Davis. If if Bam Adebayo let, let me see here. So when they set a screen up top and uh, with with Jimmy Butler, so, sorry, with uh, with Jason Tatum, let's say, and they set, yep. set a screen up top with Jason Tatum and Bam Adebayo comes to help, uh, and he helps um, high, it's called yep. help. He 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 doesn't sag off of the um uh, Jimmy Butler and let him shoot the three, but he he tries to defend Jimmy Butler. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Jason Tatum. Yep. And then that's gonna give up a pick and roll situation yep. where they can dump it off to Robert Williams down low for a dunk. And, but or he just shoots it, and that's what. Yeah. And I know we're gonna get to this just in a second. So, so it's kind to. of a double a double loss. That's that's exactly. the biggest thing. That's what and, the Lakers and, had with Steph Curry. Of course, this is the issue. Is if That's exactly off what the, the Celtics yeah. did with Embiid in last game. Embiid somehow kept getting on Tatum because of these, you know, pick and rolls. And Tatum was didn't even feed the ball. Right. He just shot it. And he was nailing threes. Um, but the thing is, is this is also a t- a player who literally had in like three straight games nay zero to two points before half. And so if this right. if the Heat get one of those Tatum's one game. I don't see that. I think this team puts away the Celtics because that's the one issue that I have with the 76ers um, is what in the world were you doing? So do you yeah. want to segue into topic number two? Yeah. yeah. And, and real quick, guys, nuggets. let us know what, what who you have picking the Nuggets and the Lakers. This is obviously, I know my channel doesn't usually do NBA, but you, a lot of you guys are NBA fans. Let, let us know. Who's gonna win the Nuggets Lakers series yeah. and the Heat versus Celtics series? I'm saying Nuggets Lakers. I'm saying same as you Lakers and six. And then what? What's your real quick predictions for the Heat Celtics series? Now that we've kind of broken it down a little bit. Yeah, Heat Celtics. I have this game. I have the Heat winning in seven. I'm I'm, I'm sort of I, I maybe part of it is a little biased in the hopes that they destroy the Celtics because I can't stand. The I'm Boston gonna say Celtics, Celtics win it. Um, they just have too much depth, and I just it's true. The fact that the Heat have made it here is just, it's, I don't even a of excellence. really no know. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to topic number two, do the 76ers need a roster yeah. overall? My notes are saying here, and of course, check out my weekly news sports report on Instagram at the Long John Podcast. Um, you know, to put it lightly, the Sixers were embarrassed yesterday by the Boston Celtics, even though it was in the Celtics stadium. I personally watched more than three quarters of this game. Um, I missed the first early part because of Mother's Day lunch stuff, but that was probably one of the worst playoff appearance performances I've witnessed in a while by the Sixers. And the reason why is because we were up by nine points at one point, and we at one point in the game were losing by thirty. Um, right. The crazy part about it is, just like six days ago, the Sixers had just come off of beating the Celtics in a Game Five overtime thriller. Um, obviously, they ended up bringing the game back to game six at their own home stadium. And despite, like I just alluded to, Jason Tatum being absolute trash in the first half of game six, the Sixers were embarrassed because in the last two minutes, Jason Jason Tatum outscored the Sixers team 12 to three. 
that's a problem right there. And <laughs> yeah. as a Sixers fan, I'm livid because there is no reason why Jason Tatum should be outscoring the entire Sixers team. And when that happened, part of me was like, oh, back to the drawing board game seven. And part of me was like, no, we're yeah. game seven because you can't let a player who was zero for 10, I believe, at halftime, then all of a sudden go off in the fourth quarter and control the game. But that's who Jason Tatum is. Um, and <clears throat> the 76ers front office has a lot of decisions to make. And I'll let you um, answer some, um, give me your opinion on whether they need a roster overhaul. But then I want to throw some stuff at you that you're probably going to like laugh as a Lakers fan that we completely blew it on. But I'll let you sort of chime in. What do you hey, think I'm- need to do? Yeah, to become relevant because at this point they've been a failure of a franchise, and and I'm laying into them as a diehard 76ers fan. Their changes need to be made because they're at a tipping point right now where they're either wasting Embiid's career or they need to go in a different direction than Embiid. And dare I say that they should do that? I'm not alluding to that. I'm saying they've got to make changes because if they want to be relevant, they've they have not made a Eastern Conference Finals in over 22 years. That's a problem. So, yep, I would say. You know, they can't really trade Harden again. And that the yeah. thing with he's him is it's like, project. well, and also, I mean, he he's fully, his contract is fully guaranteed. Yeah. His cap hit is 33 Correct. million guaranteed out of, yeah, I think this year it was 33 well, million. Well, yeah, it's like avoidable. It's, I don't know if it's avoidable contract. Um, I, I think you avoid it and get it off the books personally. Yeah, I don't sure. want, here's the thing with James Harden. He's not a good defender. He's a negative defender. Yeah, he's his scoring better. isn't all that good. And yeah, yes, he's good at assists, but Tyrese Maxey there, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think I it's just this is more something that for you. Um, I here's the thing. I know, you know, I don't think you say blow it up with Joel Embiid. No. Um, but I will say that maybe okay, nobody's gonna really offer a ton for Harden, and also his contract is about to run out anyways. Um but maybe tr- the only other guy that I could think of that is going to be really valuable and that you could get some picks is the young talent of uh, Tyrese Maxey. Which I would. But the thing is, is that would be a, such a stupid move to trade because he's he's potentially turning into one of the better players. Maybe Tobias Harris. I mean, what? Well, that's the difficult part. Is I would have been for training Tobias Harris prior, but he played a good series in the playoffs. Like, like he played of the of the eleven games that the 76ers played this this year in the playoffs. I would say he had nine good games, maybe yeah. eight. If pessimistic. That's so. But the, this is the biggest thing. Says I personally would like to see them blow it up. I'd like to see them get rid of Harden. I'd like to see them get rid of um Harris. I'd like to see them stick with PJ Tucker, Maxi, and Embiid, and try to insert another two um shooters into that lineup. Um, because I like DeAnthony Melton and Daniel House yeah. as back as as depth, but they're not really quite starter materials. But just to put you in, just to, I, and I hate to be raking, raking the 76ers through the coals, but I'm still. Yeah, but okay, upset. real quick, real quick before, sorry to cut you off, but um, yeah. before you get onto it, I mean, Tobias Harris, his stats weren't that great. I mean, may the game, it was game six versus Boston. He was yeah. one for seven. Well, game, he doesn't get a lot of shots, but he also, in the first like four games, he was. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I would say eight games out of game 11. five. He was three for ten. Game six, no, sorry, game four. He was three for ten. Game five, he was seven for ten. He kind of goes up and down. It's like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not giving him. I don't think he would also get you guys a ton of no. And I, well, I mean, blow it up. He's anything. a free agent next year. You really would just be shipping him off to a team and probably actually losing picks just to get the money off the books because he's still making yeah. a lot, a lot of money this year. I'm not trying to use him as like an excuse, like saying that he play is the only one who played good. He had his own faults, but of course, you know the 76ers front office. The, here's a couple of um, keep uh, going. I was just yeah, pulling up that yeah. comment. Um, here's a couple of just failures that the front office has made. Of course, they you know they decided to trade. They decided to send Jimmy Butler to the Miami. They then went ahead and gave Harris a max extension, which is ridiculous. Um, another example, they traded Drew Holiday for Nerlens Noel back in the day. They passed yeah. on Wallace and CJ McCollum. Of course, a lot, I know every other team did besides their teams, but still, these are a few things. They took Jaheel Okafor over Devin Booker. Um, they took Markel Fultz over Darren Fox and Jason Tatum. 
Um, they drafted Mikael Bridges and then proceeded to trade him on draft night for Zaire Smith, who hasn't been in the NBA for two years. These are these are the issues. Like I know it's different front office. I know there's there's been different general managers. I'm not. But what I'm saying is like the 76ers over the last decade, if you were to take them and put it in a highlight, they would be marred by a team of failures. And it's it's painful to say this as a 76ers fan, but they've not done anything to give me confidence that th- this is going to change. So now the question is, do you fire Doc Rivers or do you give him a chance to redeem himself? What key pieces do you think that the 76ers need to bring in to surround him would- and presumably Maxi? And then finally, do you handle the James Harden contract by extending him or do you let him walk? And those are three really big questions. And if they can't answer them soon, I don't know if the 76ers can even make it back to the playoffs next year because if they lose Harden and Tobias Harris and they do a poor job of surrounding Embiid, I mean, is this team a playoff caliber team? Probably playoff caliber, but I doubt it's anything more than that. So. I would I would fire Doc Rivers. No oh, offense, I would too. But, I mean, he's the one who brought in James Harden. Um, he – He's been he's there. I mean, you saw what Monty Williams, what happened to Monty Williams yep. on the sun a few days. You saw that, right? He got fired. The sun's the coach sun's got fired, which I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't, I don't really know if I would have done that. He's been a pretty good coach for the suns lately, but I mean, but look at who, the, NBA. I mean, doc rivers hasn't made it to a finals like Monty Williams has been. So I well, would fire and, and him. Um, um, Greg, yeah. Is it Burkholter? Or I can't think of his name, the, the bucks coach. Budenholzer, um, um, he gets fired like three years after, less than three years after winning the finals. Like this is the NBA is ruthless, and I, I'm sorry, I said this to someone, and it, I almost, I almost got sick saying this. But I'm at this point right now as a 76ers fan, and I know this sounds desperate. I'm not trying to fall apart, but I'm at this point as a 76ers fan where. I honestly think Brett Brown was a better coach than Doc Rivers. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah. Brett Brown made me want to pull my hair out too. And I didn't like Damn, him. Damn, shit. That's crazy, bro. Nobody would actually say that. Are gonna come after me. But what I'm telling you right now, what has Brett Brown done? I mean, what has Doc Rivers done that Brett Brown didn't? None of them have made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. None of them have been able to win a, I know that's oxymoron because I just said this, but none of them won in a second round of the playoffs. Okay, and so Doc Rivers now, I mean, I just um that that yeah, that's my frustration on that. So I I would say, you know, we can end this topic off, and I can fully say that um very disappointed as a 76ers fan. I, I get like it. To blow it up in a way, but they also can make this work if they make the right moves this year. And I really think they can go on another run next year. They just have to make sure they've got to figure out the the Harden situation and whether to keep Doc Rivers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who who. We'll see as the as the season ends. We'll see who they start to look because I think really you guys need to trade for somebody. I don't somebody, think it goes yeah. through the draft. I don't know. I don't yep. think you guys get a guy through the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have to trade somebody for somebody. I mean. Hey, you'll work it out. The 76ers aren't shy of being aggressive. I mean, look at, look at James Harden. So and look at the Lakers. You know, they like literally don't have any first round picks, but they're now in the Western Conference Finals because they made good yeah. trades and they brought in the right players now. We don't and have a first not- round pick to, till 2029. Yeah. So I mean, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, but I mean, here's the deal. Uh, they go out and they win the championship. No one looks at that team and goes, Oh my god, you don't have a um, first round pick for another six years. Like that's that's yeah. the NBA for you. Like, if all of this takes, and it's the same thing with the NFL, if you cash push all your chips into one basket and it works like it did for the Los um, Angeles Rams, not a lot of Rams fans are complaining. Uh, so, so, but yeah, yeah. Moving yeah. on, moving on, switching top subjects to really the crux of this show. Excited to hear your thoughts on topic number three: the NFL season schedule matchups. And I'll let you kick this off. What are some matchups that you're excited to see and why? Yeah, I mean, the ones I'm kind of confused about is like, well, okay, let's, yeah, let's get to some of the exciting ones. Week four, Jets, Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be an incredible, and I get why they scheduled it earlier because that game is going to be, you know, you don't want either quarterback to, you know, hold on. I have something in my throat. Uh, uh. You don't want a quarterback to 
you don't want a quarterback, those quarterbacks, either one of those guys to get injured as the season yeah. goes on. It's likely that one of those guys might be. Sure. And so there, I could see why they did it week four. Both teams are probably going to be firing on all cylinders. The ones that were kind of like confusing to me is like the Thursday night, the opening week one, like the opening week uh, Thursday night game was a little yeah. interesting. Lions versus Chiefs. Terrible. Um, but if you look at the rest of the Thursday night schedule, it's really not that good. Vikings versus Eagles, Giants versus Niners. That's pretty good. Lions versus Packers, Bears, Commanders. And then the other thing that I, doesn't make sense to me is the New Orleans Saints and Washington Commanders both have are both the two teams that have the most Thursday night games. So it's almost like the NFL said, uh, we're trying to spare as many good teams from Thursday night Which as possible. I think it's the whole issue. Like if we're trying yeah. to make money off of Thursday night games, <laughs> but make them interesting. I was blown away. Yeah. I'm not saying the Detroit Lions are a bad team. But I was blown away of all the matchups that the Chiefs could play because we knew the Chiefs were playing. After yeah. all the matchups the Chiefs could play, they picked the Detroit Lions. This is a team that's going to be without Jameson Williams. They're actually without three receivers. I think they had lost three receivers to this whole gambling scandal. Um, like I don't know if I would. I don't know. Like I could see. I see. I, I very much think that there's a real chance that the Lions are the best team in the NFC North. But I don't think we're going to start seeing that till like week six, week seven. I could see this game literally being like 45 to 17. And I'm not trying to disrespect the Lions, but it's very odd. There was the Chiefs-Bengals, Chiefs-Bills, I believe, uh, Eagles-Chiefs. Like there's a lot of games I feel like would have been much more enticing. Um, One thing I think. Yeah, but I think. uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think it goes back to what you said. They're not going to put maybe the best games early on but then they could put some best games early on to avoid injuries yeah i I don't know well i think the eagles chiefs i mean that was what in a week 11 game i think that is more gonna be more meaningful because you're getting later in the year Um, i'm not trying to be an overzealous fan but i look at their schedule right now and they really could be eight and one or seven and two going into that game because the only teams that i am thinking may give the eagles a run for their money would be maybe the jets and that's still early on in the season. Maybe the Cowboys and maybe the Dolphins. So, I mean, if you're rolling into week 10 and you're 8-1 and one or 7-2, and two, you're pretty ecstatic as a fan because that's that's boding pretty well for your chances. That's going to be a big one for seed matchups because I do believe the Chiefs are playing other teams that the Eagles are are betting, uh, like that are playing yeah. well. And so that's a big one. The one game that I thought was really fascinating, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, is the Bengals Chiefs week 17. I know we very rarely ever see a team rest their starters both weeks, but I think this much pretty much confirms that won't happen because more than yeah. likely, if I am right now sitting and the season started today, the, the Bengals and the Chiefs would be among my three or four teams that would be in the top two in the championship game. Um, I so I think it's that was a really good move. Um, I yeah. also like the move that the Eagles waited and that the schedule makers waited for the 49ers to play the Eagles until week 12, because by this time, I think the 49ers will have some sort of a quarterback situation figured out. If they don't, that's on them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, they, I think that 49ers Eagles game is going to get flexed because yeah, I, I look, it's for the game. Um, real, yeah, it's, it's a two. Well, yeah, it's a one twenty-five Pacific uh, time time zone, and it's a four twenty-five four twenty-five sorry Eastern um, yep. time zone. And the thing is, is like I I had it here real quick. Um, oh yeah, okay. So the week thirteen, that Sunday night game is Packers versus Chiefs the same week. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, could it be flexed to Sunday night? I think it will. I mean, yeah, if, the I Packers, if the Packers are a bad team, as we all think they will be, yeah. then I would expect the 49ers-Eagles game um, to and go to Sunday night. Here's the so, caveat to that. And, of course, I'm not trying to rub the salt in the wound, but I thought it was a little lame that Shanahan was like, I like this because we feel like we weren't well represented. And I was like, look, every 49ers fan and every 49ers player deserves to be upset that they didn't get to have a chance to play with a quarterback. But of all the people that can't be upset – it's Shanahan because he's the one who decided to put a tight end blocking the yeah, uh, the yeah. almost the league's leader in sacks last year. Yeah, in a, like 
that's on you, buddy. Like every fan and every player can be upset about it, but Shanahan, that's your mistake. But I do like yeah. the idea that the 49ers play the Eagles in a meaningful game because early on there's a real chance the 49ers are still figuring out who their quarterback is. I don't think so, though. I agree with you. I, you know, I tuned into your show last week when you get when you're talking. I think the 49ers figure this quarterback situation are out sooner rather than later and have yeah. a couple options on the table. So, well, the 49ers don't have a, a prime time game till I think the first one's the Giants that they have. Yeah. So. Uh, they're kind of preparing for the first, which is what I always thought it was going to be. Brock Purdy not coming back for four weeks. I think Trey Lance is going to secretly light it up. Uh, real quick, what do you think of the international games? Um, yeah, you know, you've got Dolphins versus Chiefs. It's not bad. Dolphins Chiefs. That's not bad. Um, you've got a to play against his former team. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the first time, although it sucks because it's not going to be an arrowhead, which is yeah. what every Chiefs fan wants. But um. You obviously have, let's see, another one, another good one. I had it written down here. Um, it's, I think it's, the other one is like Bills versus, what was the other one? Do you remember I'm gonna, here? I'm going to look it up right here. Um, um, I am very excited about the games in Germany. I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, the Munich games. That's what the, the Bills versus. In Frankfurt. Um, you've got, um, you've got. Atlanta Falcons. Oops, you've got Atlanta Falcons versus man. My computer's just totally going here. Here, I can here. Oh, hold good. on, hold on. No, you're good. Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in Wembley. You've got the Jacksonville Jaguars the next week versus the Bills, which is good. That'll be a cool game, and I think that will actually have some playoff implications. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jaguars versus Bills. That's the Ravens one. Tennessee in Tottenham, um, Hotspur Stadium. Miami Miami versus Kansas City in Frankfurt, Germany, which is going to be really really cool. And then um, the Colts versus the Patriots, which will be—I mean—that's a rivalry there. That'll be an interesting game. That's the last game of the um, year. Um, I think there's I really, really only two that stand out there. I really I like the Jaguars and yeah. Jags Bills. Sorry, go ahead. But it's cool that I—you know—I think the Jags could actually pose a better chance to beat the Bills because they're actually staying in the UK. For over two weeks, and so that jet lag should have faded, um, yeah. and because they're they're not coming home, they're playing two straight games in in England, um, and so in London. Well, yeah, yeah, they're playing two straight games in London. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. I thought that was a little unique. I've not seen that before. Um, so yeah, cool stuff. Um, do you have any other games? It, it is. Um, yeah, I mean. Real quick, Thanksgiving. I mean, finally a good Thanksgiving Niners versus Seahawks there. That yeah, I mean That'll this Thanksgiving good. games aren't bad. I think it's Lions, Cowboys. That won't be a bad game. So um I'm I'm looking forward to that one though, because looking down, sitting down, and you get a uh, oh, yeah. Niners Seahawks rivalry on Thanksgiving. That's exciting. Um, real quick though, the most primetime games, Jets, the two teams that are getting the most hype, Lions and the Jets. Um I think with the Lions, there's a lot of pressure coming into this next yep, year. There is kind of reminds lot. me. I said it on Out of Pocket Sports. It reminds me of um, uh, the Browns in 2019. Let's yeah, hope that really. a team that like didn't even make the playoffs, but everyone likes them a lot. They have that swagger about them. But Jets, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, and Chargers have the most um, uh, prime time for yeah. now. Yeah, um, that's just so expected when it comes to the Cowboys and the Chiefs, but. Um, the Detroit, I didn't realize how good this Thanksgiving slate is. So you've got 12 30 PM green Bay versus Detroit. Then you've got Washington oh, versus yeah, okay. Dallas at four 30. And then you got San Francisco versus Seattle. So they went three really, really tough rivals. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That's actually a really good slate of games. Um, yeah. I'm going to be watching that that's uh, gonna quite be a bit of football that day. That will be a, a lot of fun, but well, transitioning into topic number four, this one is an interesting one. This sort of came out of the blue. Um, topic number four is reactions to the Zadarius Smith trade. You know, when he got traded, I was like, wait, was he ever on the trading block? And I think there were some rumors, um, you know, his contract and all that stuff. What they gave up for him was like next to nothing, like you had said when we were talking earlier. Yeah. Um, in in the do you week. want me to do you want me to say it? Yeah, kick it off, dude. If if I remember it off of the top of my head, it was the the Browns get Zadarius Smith, uh, 2025 sixth round pick and a 2026 seventh round pick, and the 
Um, Vikings get a 2024 fifth round pick and a 2025 fifth round pick. Yeah. So Zadaria Smith, obviously 10 sack guy. Isn't, I mean, okay. I can look up his exact numbers when you're talking. I probably will look that up. Like how good he was. He's definitely, he's definitely kind of fallen a little bit. He had some 13 sack years or 15 sack years with the Packers, but still a great edge rusher. Um, nevertheless, that less, nevertheless, great pass rusher. And it's just the Browns got a steal for this. And I I mean, now the Vikings, the, I think the only reason why they did this move is because they saved like near $10 million and they're so they're like the saints were a few years ago. I mean, they're going to about to expected. I mean, if we want to cover another story, Dalvin cook, going to be co- uh, probably either traded or cut, most likely cut. I mean, because you've got to sign Jefferson. Yeah, the so they're kind of screwed. I mean, that team yeah, it's bad. is going to be, yeah. I don't, well, they're going to be also, a dumpster on, fire this year. I said so. this also in out-of-pocket um, sports um, po- podcast and Tobacco tobacco Road Sports Radio, um, that I thought the Vikings had to score on this draft because I really have a very big feeling that they're going to fire their coach and potentially um, get rid of Kirk Cousins if it doesn't work. Um, One thing to keep in mind, Cleveland was 28th in sacks last year with 34. To put that in perspective, the Eagles had double the Cleveland Browns sack, more than double the Cleveland Browns sack total. Smith, not counting 2021 because of injury, has actually averaged 12 sacks over three years. Um, in, in 2019, 2020, and 2022. Um, the great part about this is Garrett's going to draw the double teams, and that's opening up the door to, for Smith to have a potentially stellar year. And I think he could get back to a 15-plus sack season. Right. Not because he's the be- one of the best edge rushers. I think he's still very talented, and there's still fuel in the tank. But because you've got Miles Garrett opposite you, I, this is a great move by Cleveland. You've got yeah. to bolster that D-line. And yeah, I guess if it's your Viking, if it's the Vikings, I don't know what they're thinking because this is a Vikings team that I don't feel like did enough on defense during the draft to no, they didn't, they did it. And now I'm like, their defense was so bad that they made the New York giants look like a firepower offense. And then of course we all know how a week later that your giants offense was one of the worst. Was, la- I mean, it was look, not good I mean, last the year. Eagles, the Eagles put them to shame in the playoffs, but look at how they looked against the Vikings. It was like yeah. a great team. Now New York has bolstered their offense this year. Um, especially the addition of Darren Waller. I think he's still being paid too much, but yes, the addition of Darren Waller is very, very, uh, very, very positive addition. But this was a really good Smith trade. And I'll say, and I've said I said this before a couple episodes ago when I was on the show by myself, talking about underrated signings. These are the type of signings that send a team to the playoffs and deep in the playoffs. Last year, when the Eagles traded for James Bradbury, I didn't really think a whole lot of it. They ended up paying him $10 million a year, and he was one of the better cornerbacks last year. Great signing. The year they won the Super Bowl, they got Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey, LeGarrette Blount. Those were great signings. Um, there's some signings that the giant, that the chiefs made look at Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That was a signing that like, it wasn't some flashy first round pick trade signing, but look at the chiefs. Kadarius Tony ended up being big for them in the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah. One, well, uh, uh, on top of that, the chiefs got Rasheed Rice this year, yeah. who is from SMU, who is Very really fast. Fast guy, but also can go up and high point the ball. Juju Smith-Schuster replacement over the middle physical type of guy. So, I mean, that's that's there. But, I mean, to quickly put into perspective what the Vikings, their kind of draft picks, they had Jordan Addison pick number one. Yep. They had Makai Blackman back to USC. They had two USC guys in a row, um, which is a cornerback. But they didn't actually draft. They drafted cornerback safety they drafted corner in this third round safety in the fourth and nose tackle in the fifth no edge rusher no at edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, where is their edge rush coming from like no pressure so like, yeah it's gonna i mean they're a team they're, they're gonna be like a six win team this yeah team. i i'm telling you right now i really think this is a team that's gonna underperform this yeah year. and i could be wrong but i'm not sold on kirk cousins and never have been and I don't feel like that defense is going to help him at all this year, which is going to rely all on him. 
yeah, okay, don't be surprised if Justin Jefferson goes off next year because they're just going to have to keep throwing the ball. Right. Um, yeah, they, they've got themselves into a, an issue. Uh, yeah. And and real quick, I mean, you have, um, before we move on, Zadarius Smith with not a ton of defensive line help last year from the Vikings. Um, he had 10 sacks, obviously, as we said. He had three forced fumbles. That's tied for seventh. His, um, let's see here. His He had 53 QB hurries. That's really good. Total pressure, 78. Um, and then in 2021, he was obviously injured but in 2020 i think he had that breakout year where he had um i'm trying to think here how many 13 sacks yeah so it was, it Bro, was 13 and sacks it's- and and that's i that, now now the the year that he had 13 sacks he was going behind the other smith brother now you have one of the best edge rushers like you said i think yep. um and with miles garrett um yep. so he's gonna he i would expect him to get close to 10 maybe more that's gonna be well, a scary i think, yeah, I think he could go 15 plus I know that's bold, but like, oh, sh- I know that's bold. But when you think about Miles Garrett in the amount Yo. of Schulte demands, yeah. I mean, but I also want to say it's not like the Vikings had an it pass rush last year. They only had thirty-eight sacks. That's yeah. more sacks than the Browns. They were still in the bottom, very much bottom part of the league in sack leaders. No, he I, had no help. Yeah, I, I don't like this move for the Vikings because I get it. They needed to get rid of cap, but like, this is a terrible move. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Segue to topic number five. Um, which is, if you're ready to go into it, this is probably one of so, those. So how would you, because we never discussed this before, yeah. but do you want to go by this quicker or, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's what do, do you, I, what I, do you want to do? I say, let's, um, let's shoot off like one or two of our can, um, candidates for these next. So moving yeah. on to topic number five, which is our very early offensive rookie, defensive rookie and MVP predictions. Um, we'll just tag team it. Who do you have as your early offensive rookie of the year? You know, it's a little crazy to put uh, B. John Robinson as that guy, but my top three candidates would be B. John Robinson. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, as a sleeper, I would say Anthony Richardson. Okay. Um, and then I do want to do Jackson Smith Najigba because here's the thing: Tyler Lockett doesn't you know Tyler Lockett isn't going to I don't think he's going to play every single game your Jackson Smith the Jigba is going to get a lot of work I think out of the slot from the Seahawks and that's a very pretty air raid offense but um I'm gonna say offensive rookie of the year I'm projecting it right now Bijan Robinson I think all of the quarterbacks are just gonna struggle I really do think so I Bryce Young, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's bold, but I'm gonna say Bijan Robinson earlier uh, for 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 an earlier take. I just I love what he did. I can bring up the stats I have in previous shows, but it's incredible. So yeah, and and I figured you were gonna lean towards him. It's funny because you actually picked two of my players that I had also picked, and I was thinking as a third player, Smith and Jigba. Um, so that's really ironic. But uh, yeah, I mean Bijan Robinson's a good pick here. He obviously has Tyler Algier, the Algier, the running back draft yeah. last year. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and a good offensive line behind Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, and Matthew Bergeron, among others. Um, the the I think the biggest thing for you that plays into this being a good pick of yours is the lack of a good QB may lend the Falcons to actually playing more of a run-style offense. Yeah. And when Arthur Smith fixes on an RB, they get a plethora of carries. Um, and remember, he used to be the coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, and look what Derrick Henry did under him. So... That's a good pick. My pick is actually Dark Horse, and then you just mentioned this, Anthony Richardson. And here's why. Yeah. He is surrounded by Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, and Josh Downs. Josh yeah. Downs is a speedy receiver. Michael Pittman's a big receiver over the middle. And then, of course, you've got Jonathan Taylor, who they can run as a bell cow, assuming he stays healthy. And last year was a little bit of an up-and-down year. He has Steichen as an offense coordinator. I still believe Shane Steichen is a big reason why Jalen Hurts was able to take a leap in year um, technically, too, as a starter. The thing about Steichen that's cool is Anthony Richardson has a lot of characters like um, Jalen Hurts. He's a bigger version. He's sort of like a mix between Lamar Jalen and Cam Newton. And the biggest thing is I still think this is a very very winnable division despite the Jags' success. Like I'm not sold on the Jags being a top three team next year. And they also have the fourth easiest schedule. So my my pick is Anthony Richardson. It's sort of a dark horse because I could also see him really struggle in year one because he's green. 
Um, but that's my pick for our offensive rookie of the year. And I know we have a few comments um, in the yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bebop Jones, thanks for joining. He's kind of becoming a regular. Uh, Kelts Chronicles, haven't seen you in a while. We're going to have to work out a show soon. Um, great 49ers content creator. Go check out his channel. And then Eagles coach is Screech Jr. Screech Jr. I'm the a hell little is confused that? by that. Um, Screech Jr. Um, you mean uh, Trash Jr.? I agree. Hey. Um I mean, another guy, I just mentioned him before, Rasheed Rice. Um, yeah, the, the, see, see, with the, the with the Chiefs, they lost, they had a lot of turnover. They lost two of their best receivers in Mercole Hardman and, uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and they're a very air raid offense. So my thing is, is like, how are the, who's going to pick up those targets? Obviously, we have Sky Moore, who's probably going to get a bigger role, but Rasheed Rice could be another guy as well. Um, who for the Chiefs who kind of steps up and has a surprisingly good year, and he is the best quarterback in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a guy as well. And we we just got a um, comment I think explaining. Bebop Jones says DT just got sued to shreds. He's talking about Jalen Carter. I, I want to quickly say something about this. Carter's yeah. being sued right now for forty million dollars by the father of the son who lost his life. And I'm it's a sad, sad situation. Don't get me wrong. What Carter did was was wrong you know he was essentially instigating and was trying to probably encourage the racing but the sun was also in the um you know this is a really tough situation um i'm not judging i've talked about the character of jalen carter before i'm not focusing anymore on this this was a very um not bold pick by the eagles but they knew the risk they were getting into he's not getting suspended by the nfl more than likely this is a college issue. It's going to stay a college issue. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a real chance. I don't think he's going to get, collect that forty million. But there's a real chance Jalen Carter Carter loses some money off of this, and you know, he should. I mean, this is a this is just part of. Um, so, Beat Bob so, Jones so, asks, so, "Will he even see the field?" Yeah, he's going to see the well, field. And here's that's that's where I'm getting to. I think this is when you're such a talented team. The 49ers and the Eagles do this too. They draft guys for the future, not yep. to play right away. Yep. And if you have the, the Eagles have an abundance of depth at that position, you have that type of depth. You, you I mean, the Eagles are player. wanting him to play what two, three years down the line. That's exactly. what the 49ers do too. Yep. I mean, you're gonna get a day one starter, like one day one starter in the draft per year because that, your roster is just that good. So um, no, I don't think it's right. a concern. I don't think he's I don't think he's a criminal. Right, he's yeah. He's a it would be bad if it was like a if he was the one uh, driving the vehicle. But the woman, thing is, woman beat or like a beater woman. Yeah, if he was if he like was that. like domestic violence, I domestic violence. There we go. I couldn't find the word. I can't what remember. he did was yeah. very stupid and should be punished. But there's a difference between racing in your yeah. car and instigating someone crashing or doing or drugs being, or or, or smoking yeah, or out being of a under the influence on drugs yeah. and crashing the car yourself like 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 uh what's his name um the the guy from the Raiders Henry yeah, Ruggs Yeah like yeah, Henry Ruggs like I'm not I'm not letting Jalen Carter off the hook because what he did was very wrong but I don't I think people were raking him through the coals for a mistake that he did um yeah, and I don't want to focus on that because that's not the point of the show. But move. Um, I think we should move on to yeah, de rookie. defensive rookie. I'll give you my two picks, and um, it's funny we just talked about this guy, but I'm going to start with Devin Witherspoon. I feel like this is somewhat of, yes. a, of a of a love that pick. horse because Tariq Woolen did win defensive yeah. um, player of the year last year. Um, and so, but Devin Witherspoon is playing with with a group like Tariq Woolen, Jamal Adams, and they got mm. better on the D line this year. Then the offense is getting better this year with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, um, Kenneth Walker, uh, DK Metcalf. Like this is a this Seahawks team is going to um, is going to be really really good. And I think Devin Witherspoon could end up being the recipient of like, well, we're going to throw to you because Tariq Willen's a good cornerback mm. too. Um, yeah. My other pick is of course the guy we just talked about, Jalen Carter, and the reason why is because. This is not defensive player of the year. This is defensive rookie of the year. You don't need 15 sacks as a defensive tackle to win defensive player of the year, but he's playing behind a great secondary with Slate, uh, Darius Slate, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox. They do have some issues at linebacker, but I still think they're going to address that this offseason. He's playing behind an elite defensive lineman with Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham, Fletcher mm -hmm. Cox, Josh Schwett, Hassan Reddick, and now Nolan Smith. You can also throw in Derek Barnett. Like This is a very, very deep defensive line. And he's going to get a lot of playing time with Cox aging. So to answer your question or your statement, 
I don't think he's going to be a starter this year, but he's definitely going to get a lot of snaps. And if if he doesn't get into if if the NFL doesn't uh, punish him, which <clears throat> I don't think they will because it's an issue that occurred in college, but I could be wrong. I really think Jalen Hurt Carter is a potential shot, but my favorite here is Devin Witherspoon. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting ones because I thought about Emmanuel Forbes as kind of like a sleeper yeah. that the Commanders did. This guy really has nothing. He is he played in the best conference, put up amazing numbers, forty percent completion rate when targeted. Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. He played in the SEC. He played teams like Georgia, Alabama, like really good teams and still just was a baller. The only thing with him is he's 160 pounds. Yeah. But with Emmanuel Forbes, if you get him in the weight room, get him on a really good diet, get him with an NFL trainer, he's going to put on weight. And I just yeah. think that he's a guy that fell just because of his weight. And he's really the best corner in the NFL. So Emmanuel Forbes is kind of my sleeper. If I had to pick another guy, he's the best quarterback um, in the draft. That's bold. What? That's bold. You think he's the best quarterback in the draft? Well, okay. I also really like Witherspoon. I'm not saying he's, but I, I'm saying he is a top. Sure. Like he, sure. he was drafted. I really like what where they put the, um him there. Another guy, I'm gonna say I don't really like Will Anderson, but he was drafted so high, and he's gonna get the production out of the Texans. Yeah, so he is. I'm gonna say that's Will Anderson as my defensive player of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's so. fair. Um, well, MVP, MVP. Yeah. Let's quickly yeah. touch this real quick. Yeah, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I, I have a feeling it's always somebody, there's going to be a dark horse earlier in the year. Um, Patrick Mahomes would be like the Homer pick, but like, I don't want to do that because why you go first with this one. I want to hear your answer. So I have two players. Of course, one of them is going to be biased. It's Shalen Hurts. I, I'm going to be honest with you from an offensive standpoint, they got better. The Eagles did not want to overpay on running back like the Vikings did with Dalvin Cook and a lot of other teams have. This offense got better with the additions of Rashad Penny at running back and DeAndre Swift after losing after they lost Miles. Jalen Hurts? Yeah. That's a homer pick. The O-line stayed the same for the most part, and the schedule is not easy. Um, and there's, But the problem is the schedule is not easy. So so here's my thing. That's not my pick. That's one of my yeah. um, people. Joe Burrow is probably my, easy, my, my guy yeah. here. I would love to see Hertz win MVP, and I think he's going to be in the conversation again. I think he's going to be in the conversation for years to come. But Joe Burrow has the 17th hardest schedule, so it's middle of the pack. He still has Jamar Chase, <coughs> excuse me, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, assuming he stays on offense, and they bolstered their O line with the addition of uh, the offensive tackle from uh, the Chiefs. And then they went out and drafted Miles Murphy, the defensive end from Clemson, and DJ Turner, the cornerback, to strengthen their defense. I think the the the, the Bengals actually made the right moves. To yeah, they did. J, um, Joe Burrow. So, okay, as an Eagles fan, I really think Joe. I would like to say Jalen Hurts, but I really think Joe Burrow's got to be up there this year. So, here's the, here's the thing. Let's quickly do a sleeper. Trevor Lawrence. They got one. they got in the first round. They got um the guy out of Oklahoma, the right tackle, kind of to replace the uh guy that they lost to the Chiefs, the right tackle that they um Jawan Taylor, I think his name is. Yep. Um that that could be like an interesting and early running for sure. Um, so I'm gonna say though, mine is gonna be Patrick Mahomes again. Okay. Um That's I haven't had a ton of a ton of time to think about this, so well, these I are would. very early predictions because there's still so much of the offseason that could happen yeah. between players getting injured, then bringing in new players. Remember, like James Bradbury wasn't signed for the Eagles last year until, gosh, maybe it was end of May. I don't. It was a while. And, of course, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, a big portion of their good defense last year, wasn't brought in until, like, August. So, yeah. Um, Hertz looked bad. 2021 – Hertz 2021 year looked bad, though. Well, yeah, but – if you watch football, there's a big difference in the way he played. His, yeah. his I'm not even saying AJ Brown. I'm leaving AJ Brown out of this, but I've been studying throwing motion over the last couple of months. And Hertz's throwing motion completely changed. He wasn't angling his shoulders. He was keeping him straight and flat. Um, yeah. He wasn't flinging the ball as much, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of having a coughing fit because I'm actually recovering from a cold. So I apologize. Ta yeah. Um, 
Well, and I mean, when you go to those, I mean, in the offseason, Trey Lance really is his his form is looking better too. When you go to the offseason to one of those personal coaches is when you when you yeah. really learn your yeah. throwing motion. I, um, I want to I I see this whole and say we got to play this one here. They lucked out last year. Brock got hurt last year. Blame it on your coach for putting a deep a tight end on a defense. Yeah. Um, I'm not and yeah. we still didn't draft a right tackle. Yeah. I, um we got to go through all this his co- um, co- comments. Be Bob Jones. You I'll uh, I'll die with that thought. Yeah, yeah. Sure I mean, will. I will too. I still think if I mean, even though it was our coach's fault, uh, I think it would have been a close game. Would have been a oh, he's getting spicy in the comments. We got to address we, this. We are betting uh, number two betting favorites to make the playoffs well, this I year. I think they should be. I mean, the 49ers are a good team. Wait, 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 wait. Because I, I know that like the NFL thing put out their win rate thingy, and we were yeah. like fourth behind the Eagles, Chiefs. No, we were third. No, so no, 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 fourth, fourth. May say number two betting favorites in the NFC, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. He's, no, he's there's pitching. nowhere way we're behind the Eagles. So I want to, I, I do want, I do want to make a statement. Say we this, do not have the easiest schedule. Oh so he hell was like, no! Was the easiest schedule last year? Um, I, I do want to say this. You still got to beat teams in the playoffs. Like I don't care. Like they were, you know, if it wouldn't have been for some suspect defensive coaching, they were up 24-14 in the um Super Bowl. I'm not going to get into an argument here. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. But, the easiest schedule thing is, and, and I'm going to quickly touch on this because I think this is a really good way to end the show, but yeah, the easiest schedule thing is a little bit of a hocus pocus. And here's the reason why, because a good example is look at the Rams. Every team who was playing the Los Angeles Rams last year, if you look at strength of schedule, I know. would have been a very hard team, right? And they ended up being an absolute dumpster fire. So the easiest yeah. schedule idea is some sometimes a false idea because you there are teams that completely – fail the following year after doing really well. Well, it was the 49ers schedule too. Last year, one of the hardest schedules. I mean, we had like the Buccaneers, the Chargers, all these. And they turned out relatively easy. It's a projection. Yeah, it was the easiest schedule. So we Um, do not have an easy schedule because at one point in our schedule, we play three road games and we have four four home games or something. It's so weird. Eagles start the season playing four of the first six games on the road. That's also tough. Now they're not. Yeah, I think think we don't have a home game till – I think we have okay. I, I I could look it up real quick. Yeah, as we um, tee off the show, what's um? I'll tell you. I'll 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 focus first. Focus on my favorite or my matchup. I'm yeah. most looking forward to for the Eagles. My matchup that I'm most looking forward to the Eagles this year is uh, is the 49ers Eagles game. I I yeah. I really like it. Um, I like the ability to say, you know what? These are two of the best teams in the NFC. In fact, I would say right now these are the two best teams in the NFC. Um, and I'm not disrespecting another team, but they, I just feel like they both are going to be back there. 49ers have a big question at, um, at QB to answer. The Eagles have a big question as, as the Super Bowl team, can they go and be relevant? It's tough as a team that's been in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, this is really, really fun. That's the team I'm looking most forward to playing. Who, what's your matchup you're looking most forward to this season for the 49ers? There's a lot of good ones, but real quick to Bebop's whatever. I mean, we have, we have, Bengals, Jags, um, Eagles, and then we have Ravens. That's the team that you can't sleep on. Yep. Um, Cowboys, Giants. These are tough games. So, I mean, nobody's super hard. But anyways, my top matchup, you said the Eagles 49ers, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that I would say 49ers Bengals. That, yeah, that, that's a good, oh, that's a good they played it, went into overtime. That's a game that it's in the middle of the season. Out of all the hard teams, we're gonna we're gonna have to win some of them, and that would be, be as a 49ers fan, that's gonna be one that would make me stoked. Um, so well, just, win that, yeah, that's a yeah, that's also gonna be really exciting. This has been really or, or the 40, I mean, the 49ers Seahawks Thanksgiving game, you can't sleep over either. That's yeah. gonna be a brick ton of fun, man. yeah, that is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, um so well, let's this see, has been fun having you on here. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for doing the joint stream with me, guys. Again, this is. In episode 11, The Great Sports Meltdown, you can also find it on Benjamin Camperman, The Camper Reports episode um, on his YouTube channel, The NFL Schedule Breakdown. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, thank you for commenting. This has been really, really fun. Um, Bebop Jones says he's going to be there with his Della Sanders cheesesteak. Wow. Um, yeah, Della Sanders is off the charts. Um, 
cheesesteak period are off the charts. Um, I um I am also planning on trying to make a trip up. I don't think I'm going to be there for the 49ers Eagles game, but um, but this is going to be really fun. Um, and like I said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, I you can find this show tomorrow live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on the Long John Podcast. It'll also go straight live to YouTube on the Long John Pod. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at the Long John Podcast. Interest Instagram is. I mean, Twitter is at the Long John Pod, and you can also find me on TikTok at the Long John Podcast. Um, Benjamin, tell us where we can find you. Uh, the Camper Report on YouTube, and then if you want to go follow me on uh, Twitter, it should be in the description at Camper One Report. Uh, but also just type in Benjamin Camperman on your search bar, and you should come up with it, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I mean, we talked everything, NBA. M- Excuse me, <clears throat> NBA, NFL. So if you're an NFL fan, we have that. If you're an NBA fan, we have that. If you're both, we yeah. have everything. We had everything. So, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning every yeah Absolutely. in everyone. I'll be posting these. I'll be be making chapters after uh, this show ends, and then I'll be posting the clips throughout the week. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.